Hello, and welcome to this edition of Audible Scripts Behind the Scenes Interview. I'm your host, Deborah Mark, and today we're going to talk to Chris and Will about their latest project, The Debt Conspiracy. We'll also introduce you to some of the cast and find out what it was like to work on this thrilling, action-packed Audible script. Joining us, writer Chris Lewis, director Will Lewis, associate producer Callan Dorval, Ben Sullivan, who plays Lance, Jerome Cannon, who plays Major Stevenson, DJ Childs, who plays Ching, and Rhonda Mitchell, who plays Maylin. Welcome, everyone. Hey. Hello. Hey, Hello. Hello. hey Deborah. Hey, how's it going? It's very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. It's, and it's going well. I'm glad to hear that. My first question is for Chris. Chris, this is quite a story. As a screenwriter, how did you come up with the idea for the characters and the plot? Well, it all started two years ago when I was on vacation down in Miami. Uh, this is around the time there was the, uh, the big debate in Congress about the debt ceiling and should we raise the debt ceiling and how to balance the budget. And, uh, and so I was watching the news one day and something just occurred to me, you know, what if... Who is, you know, I had this thought, who's benefiting from, uh, who's the winner and the losers in this debate, in this confrontation, in our debt, our unmanageable debt? Who are the winners? Who are the losers? What if, what if someone or something orchestrated, you know, was behind this? And so then, you know, A led to B, led to C, led to D. And I just came up with this idea, hey, what if China is involved in our debt problems as the world's you know leading economy emerging economy uh what if china is involved in our debt problems so i called up will and was like hey and i i dropped my my famous line my favorite line when i talked to will hey i got an idea for a new movie you want to hear it so um, I, uh, I gave him the, no, <laughs> and then I proceed anyway, as always. So I gave him the idea, I gave, I gave him the pitch, the idea that I had in my head and, you know, over the next couple of weeks, you know, he, he really liked it immediately. He thought it was, it had potential, um, as do all my movie <laughs> ideas. Um, so we talked over the next few weeks and, we th- we th- we thought it would be better to to individualize the threat so that it's not just this big ominous entity of a Chinese government, but you break it down into a person so the audience can grab the idea and chew it up and swallow it easier. So um, that's how I came up with the with the character of Ching. And as far as Lance goes. You know, it's, it was a it was a funny development that got Lance into the debt conspiracy. Uh, about ten years ago, before I knew anything about screenwriting and before I even thought about uh, writing screenplays, I had this idea for a book. Um, and I won't go into the details of that idea, but the main character of this book would be an FBI agent. Um, and thinking about the debt conspiracy, the protagonist would be a my idea from this guy in this book, this FBI agent, would be a perfect fit for the debt conspiracy. 
And a few things, a few things had to happen in between that idea for the book that I had 10 years ago and the occurrences in the debt conspiracy in, in the character's life. A few things would have had to occur. So as it turns out, the debt conspiracy, even though I wrote it first, is going to be the third installment in the Lance story. There are going to be two stories before this. Um, but Lance is the guy. That's how I came up with Lance and fit him into the debt conspiracy. And I think it's a great fit. I think, you know, at the risk of, you know, sounding big headed, I think it was a perfect fit for this character that I had already conceived. Uh, um, and he just fit in perfectly. Here, here. That's great. That, <laughs> that's exciting. Will, I, I'm sorry. I know Ben's happy to hear that. Absolutely. Oh, I was over here grinning. I'm like, that's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Great job, big hit. I mean, <laughs> Chris, do you find it difficult to come up with uni- unique ideas for screenplays? Not at all. I come up with at least five unique ideas a day. But here's the challenge. Uh-huh. Making them viable. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> a, a unique idea in itself is is just a unique idea. And the ability to execute an idea in a way that peop- that an audience can receive it, understand it, consume it, and appreciate it, that's the key. You know, unique ideas, you know, you can write them down and they're a dollar a dozen. But to carry it from an idea to an actual screenplay, that's the big challenge. And, you know, it, it, it's fun. It's, it's what I enjoy doing. It's, a, it's an expression of creativity. And it's also, um, it takes a lot of work to turn a unique idea into a viable screenplay. Well, what was the most challenging scene that you had to write for this story, and how did you finally crack it? Most challenging scene. I would he s- called me. <laughs> he called me. Help, Will, help. That sounds accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, you know, uh, well, I did. I did call Will for some advice. I, the most challenging scene would be the, the sequence in the finale. Um, Lance is confronting, well, Lance gets captured and then he gets, like, he gets freed. He frees himself. And then he has to chase Ching. He has to fight through all these obstacles. He's got to pursue Ching and, and, and recover this, uh, um, tell the story. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> this is, this, this is after, after everybody's, oh, that's, yeah, that's true. This is after they've uh, listened to it. I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> so, but to not spoil anything, uh, I wrote the final sequence in the entire Lance chases Ching and Lance confronts Ching in this final big battle, and they, and then I went back a couple of maybe a week later and deleted the entire thing, the entire thing, just deleted it because I wasn't happy with it. It didn't feel like it felt adequate and adequate wasn't enough. It didn't live up to how I felt about the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, going through the entire screenplay, I, 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 I felt like, OK, that's fantastic. I like that. And this is a this section of the screenplay ties one section to the next section. And, it, 
you know, it seemed it it it, it sews them together. But then when I got to the finale, I, I felt like it was adequate, it was sufficient, but it didn't live up to the expectation that I had built. And that's what I hope to do. I hope my goal was to build up expectations and build up expectations. And and then when you get to the end, it has to pay off. Otherwise, I've misled my audience. So I deleted it, went back, talked with Will. He gave me some ideas. I was like, well, I'm stuck here. You know, what do they do next? How can this be more exciting? How can I? Uh, my favorite term is um, may, uh, how do I make it pop? Make it pop. And, you know, Will fed me some ideas and I integrated them in. There's this car chase scene at the end that uh, I think is pretty well done. You know, not to toot my own horn, but I, I took a lot of time to do that. And I wanted to make it where it lived up to the expectations that I created in the audience. So, Chris, I hear that you have some bonus material that you've written. Can you talk about that? Sure do. But at the risk of uh, giving away spoilers, I'm going to keep it light. Uh, there's a, an alternate ending. And we'll see. We'll get to see what could have happened and almost happened, but didn't happen. Um, it'll start um, around the part where Lance gets captured. And from there on to the end, we're going to see some new, exciting events unfold. So uh, hope you enjoy that. Oh, I'm sure we will. All right. Thanks so much, Chris. All right. So moving on to Will and Callan. A large part of the story takes place in Japan and China. And that gives me the feeling that this Audible script could have been quite a challenge to cast and direct. Did the foreign locations make this harder to produce than previous projects? Um, I think for casting, any time that you ask for an accent, your pool of auditions is going to shrink. And I think a lot of that comes from say, actors who are really great actors, but they're not confident in their ability to pull off a particular accent, so they just don't audition, or they think, oh, someone else will be able to do it better, so someone else will audition. Um, and in any other part where you're you're not specifying an accent, um, you could get auditions with all kinds of accents, and you have a huge pool to pick from, and you're just judging it based on acting talent and, and the delivery and the sound. Whereas when you're when you're very specifically asking for an accent, um, you're also judging, okay, well, their delivery is awesome, but the accent's a little off, or the accent is great, but the acting talent's not quite there. So um, it, it definitely makes it trickier to, to cast for these parts. And what about you, Will? What do you think about uh, this Audible script compared to other projects you've done? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I agree with Callan that the, the, the number of auditions that we saw come in for the Dead Conspiracy was a lot lower than we usually get. And we, you know, in our weekly production meetings, we were actually at a point where we thought we were going to have to postpone uh, the production because we just, we didn't have, we had all these Asian characters, uh, characters with Asian accents in the uh, story, and we didn't have any actors to fill them. And so... What we ended up doing was deciding to take another week to post in different forms on the internet and see if we could, you know, scare up more uh, uh, Asian characters. And it just so happened that we got, uh, we were in that additional week, we were contacted by a talent agent all the way in Spain who 
you know, had a portfolio of actors that he represented and he, he sent us his SoundCloud uh, link. And we, you know, I went through and listened to all the actors. He had Japanese and Thai and Chinese and all these other things, uh, which was fantastic. That was exactly what we needed. And so we ended up going through him to his uh, actors, a lot of them in China and Japan, in order to cast those roles, which was something we had never done before. And, you know, I'm still amazed that it, that it all worked out the way it did because, uh, it, it, you know, this was Mission Impossible. <laughs> producing, producing this script was Mission Impossible. And yet, you know, we found a way to get it done. So, uh, you know, I was really excited about that. Now, as far as directing is concerned, you know, when since since our, you know, those foreign actors were recording their lines on their own and sending them insight on scene, as far as we were concerned, there was really no opportunity as a director to work with them and, and, and ask, you know, request any tweaks or adjustments to their deliveries. So what we had to do in that case was we got a couple of our very talented actors from the deck conspiracy, <clears throat> Ben and Rhonda, <laughs> to, uh, you know, I, I, I actually recruited them to read all of the lines, all of the dialogue these foreign actors were going to perform for us. And then we just shipped off those sound clips to them along with the uh, along with their lines. And, you know, the idea was just to show them how we wanted the lines delivered because there, there wasn't going to be that ability to to get into a live session with them and, and, and interact and tell them what we wanted. And it worked out pretty well. I mean, everything they sent us. Uh, for the most part, was, was what we were looking for. So that was a challenge to direct uh, from a distance like that. But, you know, it, it uh, this production, I think, is is just sort of gives testimony to the power of the Internet and how borders are, you know, you know the, the technology just, it just knocks down borders and, and makes collaborations like this possible. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> that's, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> it is. It is incredible. I mean, look, your hard work certainly paid off. I mean, it's it's very unique. I have a question for all of our actors now. What attracted you to this story? Was it the plot? Was it the foreign setting? Was it your character? Who uh, wants to go first? DJ. <clears throat> DJ. It was a job. Uh, yeah. And all of the above. Uh, <laughs> So there wasn't one particular thing that stood out. Hey, Deborah, this has been, uh, I'll just hey, jump Dad. in here for a second. Um, I was looking for something new to do and I've, I've never really done animation or anything like that. So I was, I was looking for a way to kind of exercise some acting skills um, that I hadn't been able to in a while. So that's what attracted me to it. Okay. DJ here. I uh, I just I like character voices, and so anything that's got that just attracts me like that. You know. <laughs> Who is Who that? that man? <laughs> Somebody else in our call. <laughs> Good God! <laughs> shut him down. Um, what for me, Deborah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. For me, Deborah. This is Jerome. Um, I I saw the military uh person, and I actually. You know, that's my background. So that kind of fit very well for me. It, it was almost like not even working. Mm -hmm. And what yeah. about you, Rhonda? 
as for me, I'm the, the newbie in the group, really. I haven't been acting very long. And in, honestly, when I say it was a job, that's kind of how I looked at it. Like, oh, an opportunity to do something fantastic. I jumped on it. But once I started kind of reading through the characters, I was attracted to a couple of them. And um, Mei Ling actually was a afterthought. It was almost a joke in my head because, you know, I'm a... <laughs> I'm a Southern white girl from Florida. There's no way I sound like a Asian girl, you know. So, but um, something magic happened in there, and so I'm very tickled and pleased that it worked out. Her audition blew us away. <laughs> Seriously. Well, you sa- she sounded amazing, and actually, we 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 do have a, a snippet of a scene that uh, you're you're just your accent was incredible that we're going to play later on. So all of you guys did an amazing job. I want to go back to Ben. When you looked over the character list, what made you pick Lance as the one that you would audition for? Why not Jeff or even DeMarco? Well, um, interestingly, I auditioned to be the narrator. Uh, I thought that would be a natural fit for me. Um, and I got, a, I got a callback for the role of the narrator. And I had a great callback with Will and the production team. And um, they said, you know, they, they emailed me and said they'd be getting in touch about all the people who... who would get roles. We'll be contacting them on Monday. So sure enough, I did get an email on Monday and it said, we would like to offer you the role of Lance. And I was uh, kind of shocked, you know, I was astounded and I wrote back. I'm like, of course I accept, but you know, I was called back for the narrator. There must be some kind of mistake. <laughs> and, um, will, would you like to tell them the very sweet, like thing you, you sent back to me? It was, it was very kind. I mean, I was, I was kind of shocked. Uh, I, uh, ooh, uh. <laughs> I'll just tell you what he said. Okay. <laughs> he, he just re- sent me back this really sweet email and he said, um, we were so, you know, with, with something like with all of the hundreds of voices that audition uh, for this script, we felt like your voice and talent were the only one that could breathe life into the character of Lance. I was just Aww. so humbled. Aww. It was very sweet. So. I didn't. Oh. Yeah, oh, that, that, that is sweet. That. you took the words out of my mouth. Yes, yeah, so, so I didn't really audition for Lance. Oh. I... <laughs> oh. Anyway, there you have it, Deborah. <laughs> ben, what were a few of your favorite experiences working on this project? Well, I just uh, I've never worked on a project like this at all. Uh, working with so many people in different locations around the world was. Uh, such a treat and um, a few of things that stick out I, I just always look forward to working with Will and hearing Will's voice on the other line because he's such a great director mm-hmm. and then uh, Rhonda and I shared some pretty great uh, scenes where you could feel uh, at least in our little sound booths across the country right. like you could feel something special was really happening between us um, <laughs> so that really stands out to me I agree I agree it was pretty powerful Ben, why did you become an actor? Um, I, I, would tell you, I would tell you that um, when I was younger in high school, like so many people, I was cast in this, the high school play. And as soon as I got on stage and with the audience, I knew exactly what I was supposed to be doing from that moment forward. Like it, it truly just took me. Um, so, you know, after a few years, I grew up in Arkansas. Um, after a few years of college and stuff like that, uh, my dad kind of set me down one day and he's like, you know what, 
if you're an actor, I'm also a songwriter. If you're, he goes, if you're really an actor or a songwriter, you need to get to the place where acting is happening. Mm-hmm. And um, that, I think that was on my 21st birthday. So I went home that night to my, my apartment. I called him the next day and I said, Dad, I agree with you. And we packed up my stuff and I took off and I've never looked back. And that was in 1995. And where did you go? Uh, I came out here to Los Angeles where I live and work um, and kind of st- steeped in acting and theater and, um, and music, er- everything out here. I love it. It's been very good to me. All right. So we're going to move on to Jerome. Deborah, yes. I have an incredible secret. You for do? You. Oh, I like secrets. <laughs> ben acts, song writes, and he sings. Deborah, he sings. Oh. Sings. And he okay. is he good sings. too. Can we hear? <laughs> he we sings. Talk? Oh yeah. Can we hear something? Yeah. You mean right now with the guitar and all that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go get the guitar, man. Yeah. Is that what, are you serious? Yeah. 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 It was all like right. a quick. I didn't know you sang, man. I didn't know you sang. Yeah. Come on. Well, I'll I'll grab it. How about that? And um, if it makes sense, I'll I'll do it. But I'll, you know, if you need to move forward while I'm grabbing it. <laughs> oh man, this is. This, this, <laughs> here we go. We we can we can squeeze that out that gap out in in uh, post production. Yeah, we'll, so we'll, wait. We'll, we'll wait. We're we're already listening to the I song. Knew we would go there. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need a little Darth Vader background going with it. <laughs> ben, ben Sullivan with a guitar. So um, this song kind of got things started for me it was uh i wrote it for my grandfather i won't i won't play the the whole thing but i'll just give you a little snippet so it goes like this i know you alone me because i feel alone I wish my words would stretch out to you, but what word of mine could replace your blues? Remember, I love you. Remember, I always do. Coming home again Just to tell you Goodbye And I stayed home again At least One last night Rest well tonight How's that? Oh, wow. wow. Fantastic. Nice. Thanks for sharing that with us. Well, thank wow. you for uh, revealing wow. that secret for us. Yes. Well, now, Ben, you've got to tell people where they can li- where they can get that if they yeah. want to hear some it's, more. Um, my, all of my music is available at iTunes, uh, CD Baby, and Amazon.com. That song right there was licensed to Friday Night Lights about three years ago for one of their episodes. Uh, well, not three years ago. Um a few years ago for one of their episodes. It, it plays at a really poignant moment in the story uh, where the actor is having a really emotional moment with his girlfriend. I, it seems like he was injured or something. I don't remember. But all of my music available at Amazon and iTunes. 
And how can they find it? Just search for... Ben Sullivan. My first album is called Pardon My Mess. And my second album is called Baggage Claim. Now we just released that last year. Yeah. Well, man, Fantastic. you're both high talented, wow. dude. I didn't know Fantastic. that. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. We find out when we do things like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're going to go to Jerome. You play Major Stevenson, Lance's staunchest supporter. Please yes. tell us what you like and don't like about your character. Um, there was hardly anything not like. Uh, I thought that, you know, that through the script that he had uh, great loyalty to Lance. And that was one of the things that I like. You know, it's the whole me and him versus the politicians thing. So that was pretty cool to me. So tell us about your background. Um, you you kind of gave us a, a little bit of a hint earlier when we were talking, but explain how your real life experiences helped you develop your character. Wow. <laughs> um, I was a sergeant in the military. Uh, I had did a lot of training with um, people that I work with. And in, to this day, they still call me some of my uh fellow soldiers they they went on go to Iraq and Afghanistan so they keep in touch with me i think that that's cool you know they they say you know that it was my uh perseverance and dedication to my job that actually helped them to go into combat and come back home safe so that was cool to me yeah very and I currently I work in law enforcement full time and, you know, that is paramilitary. So that plays into the whole military thing. But a little known history fact about me, um, my my uncles and my mother, they were all brothers and sisters on the same side of the family. And then even on my uh, father's side, um, I think in just maybe one or two generations. We have over 200 years of public service all together. So, wow. it's, yeah. you know, it, it kind of grows off. Yeah. Thank you for Absolutely. your service. Yeah, Thank you. Very Thank cool. You. Yeah. What branch are you in, Jerome? I was in the Army. Army. I have a brother that's retired uh, from the military. He retired with over 20 years. Um, uncles and my mother, they were all um, military and law enforcement as well. So. A generational thing. So we can feel really safe around you, right, Jerome? All right. So DJ Childs <laughs> plays Ching, Hong Kong mafia boss, and hello, hello. We lost. Him. Hello, hello, hello. Uh oh, did we lose Deborah? Yep. Deb. Say what? Deborah. I didn't mean to. She's reconnecting. Yeah. She'll Jerome, was your, all your family in the Army, or did they spread out across all the branches? No, Army, Air Force. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if we had any Marines or Navy, but cool. I know definitely Army and Air Force. Yep, I'm an Air Force brat. My dad was in the Air Force. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So, go Air Force. So... 
So you were a sergeant and we let you into a role as a major? <laughs> That's a prom promotion. Callen, we let that one slip. <laughs> it was a promotion. <laughs> Thanks for the promotion there, Will. <laughs> Copy that. It's a field promotion. <laughs> hey, Lance, you know he's still, uh, every time he sends me an email, he goes, Copy that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hey. Deb Was I the only one that dropped? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Huh. <laughs> yes. You were the sole. You were the only I one. I it's probably okay. did it's something. You abandoned us? I didn't. I didn't. I don't know what happened. I thought, okay. Yeah, that didn't sound good at all. <laughs> <laughs> so did DJ answer? <laughs> no, we didn't get to well, finish hearing your question. Uh, oh, okay. So, all right. Yeah, so was... we'll go back to that then. DJ Childs plays Ching, Hong Kong mafia boss and antagonist to Lance. DJ, you developed quite a convincing accent for your role. How hard was that to pull off? Uh, it, it's just sort of a natural thing. Um, I have all kinds of, uh, of accents and, and uh, you know, voices and different things. And that's kind of, that's my specialty. And uh, I don't know how to, my, my mouth and my brain collaborate in some way that uh, they don't let me in on. And things just come out. <laughs> so, and the weird thing is, I've always done this, and I've always done voices and stuff. And, and Dad would buy me tape recorders, and I'd take them in my room, and I'd, I'd do little improvs into them, and he'd just bang it on the wall. What are you doing in there? And one day he said, "Son, you you can't make a living doing silly voices." And this is from a guy that loved Mel Blanc and uh, Hanna Barbera and Walt Disney and everybody like that. And uh, up till a couple of years ago. Um, I believed that, and it took a lot to get it out of my head. But uh, one day, it's uh, it's like, eh, what's up with that, Doc? And uh, here we are. Oh, and on top of that, sometimes at the dinner table, I'd, I'd do that stuff, and I'd, I'd get him laughing so hard that uh, he'd stop breathing. We were afraid he was going to keel over. Can you give us a, a sample of Ching? Yes, I would be very happy to give you a sample of Ching. He's a very... Uh, Oh, evil but a likable man. And, uh... <laughs> Very convincing. Oh, thank you. Ching, <laughs> Ching, do you have any words for Lance? I'm going to get you next time. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there was a next time. <laughs> do, you, do you think that the audience was able to empathize at all with your character? No. Probably. Um, I mean, you know, everybody has uh, disappointments and, and uh, setbacks in life and everything. Uh, most of us just don't become homicidal maniacs because <laughs> of it. Uh, so so that part, probably not. Um, I relate to the whole thing. I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, just like, <laughs> no, not really. Bad thing about doing Chinese, you have to feel like a Chinese. That's bullshit. You know it. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe I'm just a Chinese cowboy. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, now I get off you guys. Back inside. All right. Last but not least, we have Rhonda Mitchell, who plays Mei Lin. Now, unlike DJ, these accents are not your thing. So you had to develop a foreign accent for your character. So what did you do to prepare for that? I watched a lot of Jackie Chan movies. 
<laughs> Little Bruce Lee thrown in there too. Really? Um, that's prepared or anything else? Or are you joking around? <laughs> a little bit of joking around. Okay. Um, like I said, when I first auditioned, Maylene uh, was just a, a kind of a afterthought, and I just kind of tried her, and uh, what magically came out was was what they were looking for. So I'm very tickled about that. But I'm kind of like DJ too. I got I hear a lot of voices in my head, and uh, they can come out sometimes. So to to my benefit. So this was one of those opportunities. Oh, so then you do then you do try play around with with different accents then. Yeah, I'm constantly making weird sounds with my voice. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So you guys have that in common. All right. So yeah. oh, on, could I uh, could I interject? Absolutely. Yeah, because I um uh well it this kind of thing started when I was like six and uh, I went to uh, see In Search of the Castaways and simply fell in love with uh, Haley Mills and her accent and started doing things then. But it, at one point, I actually had to um, kind of uh, decide what my voice was and go with it. So I kind of had to learn to talk like me. So right. what you're hearing now is uh, just something I came up with. <laughs> you came up with it? Is that you? Yeah. I, <laughs> one day I was like, wait, what do I really sound like? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> that is like I say it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Things just come out. It's silly. Okay, go ahead. You guys are so silly. <laughs> Rhonda, we've got a scene from the script that we're going to play. So uh, I want us to take a listen just to hear how incredibly talented you are. Here. Look. I'm sorry. It wasn't your fault. Thank you for saving me. It wasn't, it wasn't my, I didn't want to deceive you. They, they make us do. I need your help, Maylin. How do you know my name? I need to find your brother. I need you to help me find Ching. Why do you want to know about my brother? I'm a U.S. agent. Your brother killed my partner. He set up the bomb in Kimming. Listen, I know he's your brother and you want to protect him, but he did some bad Jing shit, Maylin. is a monster. <laughs> when my son was born, Ching took him from me. I haven't seen my son in six years. I can't go to the police. <laughs> Ching owns them. He's raising him like his own. <laughs> My son doesn't even know me. I'm so sorry. I know how it feels to lose a child. Believe me, I do. Help me find Ching. Help me so I can help you get your son back. Okay? You'll get my son back for me. I will. Okay. We can do this. Okay. Wow. You both were incredible. Yeah. That was really good, really moving. Fantastic. Thank nice. you wow. very much. Thank you very much. Wow. Maylin, amazing. Rhonda, just awesome. Well, I so appreciate you, that. Band you'll back never at you, do man. that before. Uh. <laughs> wow. Ching is impressed. See what you've done to me. See what you've done to me. 
Oh, I know. You're, you're <laughs> a bad, bad sister. Bad, I'm a bad, bad brother. I, oh, it's a screwed up family anyway. Daddy told you one way. Jeez. <laughs> Rhonda, you only started acting two months before that was shot. How are you able to deliver such a moving performance like that? Um, well, a lot has to go to, I think, the way Maylin was written. I mean, she's not a, a major character in the script, but the time that you get to, to be with her, she's pretty impactful with what's happening. And then secondly, I think it was kind of the magic that kind of happened between uh, Ben and I as we were acting out um, that particular scene. You know, it goes to a, a, a test to him and his professionalism to be able We I think we drew out each other pretty effectively. So, And then, you know, thirdly, it's like, you know, Maylin, the poor, the poor creature, you know, what she's gone through, plus to have her child taken away. As a mother, I can kind of relate on that emotional level. And it didn't take much to bring the tears out thinking about something like that. Yeah, and, and Will really encouraged us to kind of go for it in some some improv takes, Im- improv yeah, takes, yeah. and um, I, I don't, you know, call it the security of being in our own little sound booths, but I think we did, we did go for it. I think so. Yeah, it was great. I, I think we had maybe seven or eight takes out of uh, hmm. several of those scenes, and it was, it was just we bounced off each other. We were able to pull out certain emotions and certain sounds that I don't think we could have done just individually. Yeah, no, I I remember it. It gave me chills. I remember when we were doing it. I'm and I I remember that night telling my girlfriend. I go, we did some amazing stuff today. Yeah, yeah. I was telling my family too. I was like, listen to me, <laughs> listen to this person. It's me. <laughs> yeah, it it definitely reawakened something in me that how it, it's just beautiful what happened with this whole this whole process with oh, Will and great. yeah, it, it it's been so incredible for me just speaking personally it's been great for my soul to do this project i agree it sounds like all of you guys had an incredible time yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah. i mean i have i'm new to the business but um i've been so impressed with the professionalism you know working with will and his team and how things have worked there's been everything has worked right on time you know being connected we knew what was happening the call sheet everything was just well well done and i'm very very thankful to have found you guys so thank you does anybody else have thank anything you, else that they they want to add <laughs> thanks Rhonda. <laughs> i love it when a plan comes <laughs> oh, um, I, w- I would like to add to that i think that will's professionalism is you know a major major part of all of this coming together and working the way that it did. I, you know, I, I appreciate him on all different kinds of levels. And I think that the professionalism from, you know, the my co-actors and staff and all that stuff, um, everybody that was involved with this project is outstanding. I, I think everybody did a wonderful job. Agree. Here, 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 absolutely. I you. can't imagine staying and, uh, on top of all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like... And I, I'm going to keep the love fest going here and just say that uh, this is our, you know, this was our third script that we recorded. And, you know, uh, from the very, you know, everyone here on the production team, Callan and Chris can can uh, can tell you guys that from the very first day of recording, I told the production team, I, 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 I posted a message on Basecamp in, the, in, the, in our production office. I said, look. These actors are good and they're serious. These are the most serious 
and and dedicated actors we've worked with since we started this. And from day one, I started posting uh, clips of our takes uh, on in our production office, so the rest of the production team could just hear how amazing the actors were who we cast for the Dead Conspiracy. And I told them, I said, look, we're, we're doing something right <laughs> with our casting because these guys are nailing these performances. They are bringing these characters to life. And I'm not doing, I, they're, it's not, they're, they are not getting that from me. I am not telling them how to do this, you know, because you can't tell someone how to do that. You just can't. There's no right or wrong way to play a character. It's all very subjective. But they they brought to the to their performances, you know, uh, Ben, Rhonda, Jerome, DJ, they all brought something that made those characters uniquely theirs. And there is no other person in the voice acting business who could have done what they did with those characters. And so I am very grateful to all of them for that. Well, Will, it's also, um, I mean, you should give yourself a pat on the back because you and, and your team cast them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Very good director. Well, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I have to. I have to give our uh, esteemed uh, casting director all the credit for that because Callan goes through, and you know, we get sometimes we get too many. I don't know if there's ever a, 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 a point where you can have too many auditions, but we get a lot, and unfortunately, some of them are just not. They're just not even close to what we need but Callan you know every time we go through one of these she goes through and she listens and she 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 helps us focus on only those uh, auditions that we need to be paying attention to and so you know I I have to give all the credit to her for that well Callan you did a great job in casting this thank you no problem thank you thank you I was okay. merciful on all of you. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that you used the force. <laughs> well, speaking of thank yous, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. It was so nice meeting all of you. And I think the debt conspiracy is going to be a huge success. So thank you all so much. Thank, thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Deborah. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Audible Scripts Behind the Scenes interview. I'm Deborah Mark, and thanks for joining us. And remember to ask all your friends, have you heard any good movies lately? 